This is the Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Hey everybody, we're back. Uh, Wednesday and uh, you're watching me live, some of you on Facebook and some of you watching on our YouTube channel. Uh, some of you are going to watch it later on YouTube throughout the week. You can also download it as a podcast, and you can share this with your friends if you want to. But we're in our second part. I finished a book, Colossians, verse by verse, so I thought I'd do a topical study right now, and then we'll go back to a book. But we're talking about how to fight fair. Communication in relationships. Now, I want to begin by talking about five uh, types of communication that make up the fabric of any relationship. And here they are. Relationships have small talk. Those are those little conversations. They just build rapport. And we have them all the time. Then we have serious talk in relationships. Those are the heart-to-hearts, you know. Every so often, you just need a heart-to-heart talk in a relationship. Now, you don't need them every day, because I've shared in the past, you don't need to be have dead serious conversations all the time, because after a while, it just becomes this heavy thing. But you do need serious talk from time to time. Then there's self-talk. <clears throat> we talk about our problems, our fears, our ambitions, and our hopes in our life. You know, it's, we're opening up ourselves to this other person. And then there's soul talk. And we, you know, we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. We talk about what He means in my life. Talk about spiritual matters. Talk about how the Bible applies to our life. Very important. And then there's sweet talk. What's sweet talk? Well, you say things like, I love you. You're the whipped cream on my white hot chocolate mocha coffee. You know, you're the cherry in my cherry Pepsi soft drink, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All relationships need sweet talk. A man was invited to a friend's house for dinner. And he's watching his friend interact with his wife and this host of his. And every time the, the host would talk to the wife, he began with sweet talk. He'd, He'd call her sweetie and sugar and babe and, and pumpkin and you know everything else. And this man watching all this was impressed. He goes, because they've been married for 60 years. This couple was married 60 years, and he's still using all the sweet talk when he talks to his wife. He calls her sweetie, you know. And so one time his wife had to go to the kitchen, the man's wife, and he asked the man, he says, I just think it's wonderful after all these years. You still call your wife by all these pet names, all this sweet talk. And then the husband kind of hung his head and he said, Well, to tell you the truth, I forgot her name about 10 years ago. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> but all relationships need sweet talk. So, Today, we're going to look at some atmosphere, okay? <clears throat> we want to get the right atmosphere for communication because so many people have the wrong atmosphere. Well, I'm going to read to you from James chapter 4, verse 1, 2, and 3. Um, it says this. Uh, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? It's not the source, your pleasures, that wage war in your members. You lust. And do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. 
You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, this is the half-brother of Jesus, and uh, <clears throat> he's giving you the reasons why um, quarrels start, escalate, and these conflicts just continue. And what does he say? It's about our pleasures. We fight because basically we just want what we want. The word pleasure that he uses there, we get our word hedonism. That's right. Hedonism comes from that word. The word lust there, the Greek word simply means strong desire. And so you put those together and you realize James is saying it's this strong desire for personal pleasure. I want what I want. That gets in the way and it leads to fighting and quarrels. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that? And if you wanted to take it further, some of you Bible students, you go back to James 1 and you look at lust. Everybody has their own lust that they go after. And then he uses the same idea here in, in James 4, this whole idea of what I want. But we have certain bents, and you got to be careful with those things because there are weaknesses in our life. Now, <clears throat> um, people, couples who have strong relationships, they've learned the practice of the word toys, the acronym. What does it stand for toys? Think, T, O, outside, Y, your, S, self. Think outside yourself. Toys. Think outside yourself. Toys. It's not about you. It's not about me. Now, that took me a long time to understand, and I have to be careful of this all the time, and I know you do too. But <clears throat> when I look at the person, my wife's per se, is more important, I'll tend to fight fair. <clears throat> I'll fight fair. I, I won't, it won't be all about me. Now, so today let's look at some fighting fair principles, okay? There's just some real practical things that we can do in our life to fight fair, okay? The first thing we're going to do is never fight when others are around. I know it's so basic, but some people just don't get it. Now, let me tell you what I'm not saying before I tell you what I am saying. I'm not saying not to fight in front of the kids. They need to see that there are disagreements and that you can resolve it as mature adults and that you have fights and you resolve it and no one is leaving no one and you stay in love with each other through the whole thing. That will help your children. They will see practical examples of how this works. That you do fight. You have disagreements. You do resolve it. No one is leaving. You still love each other. That's a good, healthy uh, classroom that they're watching. That's, I'm not, so I'm not saying that about never fight when others are around. Here's what I do mean. Don't fight in public. Have you ever been around another couple that just fights in public? It's brutal. It's like, how do I get out of this thing? Why am I with these people? 
And what I mean is not just verbally, I'm talking about air leaks and facial rebukes. What is an air leak? When somebody's talking, you're watching this couple, one says one to the other, one goes, you know, and then they give the facial rebuke. You know, that's real fun right there. I'll never, <laughs> never forget this. Olivia and I were at lunchtime with this couple. We had to go do something, and it was a church thing. It was a church thing. And we were this other couple. We didn't really know them, but we were there at the same time. So let's go to lunch together. Okay. And <laughs> I'll never forget, you know, we're talking about, I don't know, we were talking about taking a vacation, going somewhere, stuff like that. And then he says, yeah, you know, my wife and I were talking about doing stuff like that. I'll never forget when he said that. She went like this. She looks at him and goes, and gave the biggest facial rebuke. And I'm like, that poor guy. And then I thought, no, poor me and Olivia. Why are we here? This is brutal. Don't fight in public. Look, grow up. Come on. You, you can't be junior hires in 35-year-old bodies or 45-year-old bodies. Grow up. Come on, grow up. The second thing is never fight before an important meeting. Don't do that. Question, where does Satan, when does Satan attack you the most as a Christian? <laughs> when you're either getting ready for or driving to church. Have you ever noticed that? Some people have the worst fights before church on the way to church. And then you get here and go, how are you guys doing? Oh, praise the Lord, brother, we're doing great. <laughs> no, you're not. But here's the question. Have you not yet recognized your tendencies? Have you not yet recognized when how Satan goes after you, when he goes after you, when the tendencies are? Let me tell you about tendencies. I'll give you one from my life. For years, for years, Olivia and I would be going on vacation. I would take everything outside that we're going to take to our minivan and I would load it up. I just dated myself with the minivan statement. When everything was loaded, we put the kids in the car, and Olivia would come up, and she'd look at it, and she'd tell me how I loaded it wrong. <laughs> and we would leave, because we started an argument, and we would leave irritated with each other. That's right. And then, and then, I had an epiphany. A revelation, an illumination for the flux capacitor. No, not for the flux capacitor. That's back to the future. But I thought, here's what I'm going to do this. this I, I know what I'm going to do next time. I'm going to bring everything out to the van. Everything we're going to take. And then I'm going to wait for Olivia to come out and have her tell me where she wants me to load it at. <laughs> and I did that. And guess what? We didn't fight. It worked. There was no irritation. We left on vacation. We were happy with each other. It was a great, great day. And I've done it that way for the most part ever since. So you got to know these things. You got to recognize this stuff. The third thing is never fight when you're angry. I, I mean, that's pretty elementary, but some people don't get that. You fight when you're angry, you're going to say some stuff. You're going to say some stuff that you wish you'd never said. Now, once you say something you wish you'd never said, it's like toothpaste. 
You ever try to put toothpaste back in the tube once you squirt it out? You can't put it back in the tube. It's a done deal. It's done. You can't take it back. Same thing with words you wish you never said. Once you say words in anger, oh my gosh, you can't put it back in the tube. You can't take it back. And nothing will destroy communication faster than a hurtful word. Look, <clears throat> you've heard me say this so many times, but I'm going to say it again. Some people are just angry people. They don't get angry. They're always angry. And whatever happens, whatever tips you would, here it comes. Here it comes, but it's always, it's always boiling in there. Let me talk to you for a second, as I've talked to you many times on Sundays. What you need to do is acknowledge your anger. You cannot address what you don't confess. It's just that simple. You also need to talk to people about your anger. Get in fellowship with other people and ask for a prayer. Say, I have anger issues in my life. I want prayer. And ask for it constantly. Get that prayer. Be honest about these things. I would also add, you need to connect the dots. Where's the anger coming from? See, here's the big, here's the problem that I've always seen in, in relationship. We think we're angry at the person that we're in relationship with. No, you're not. Somewhere your anger started a long time ago. This is just the latest person who's going to take the brunt of it. They're the victim now. They're coming, you're, you're, you're um, unleashing on them uh, and making them the source of your anger. You're not, they're not the source of the anger. It happened a long time ago. They just didn't know they married an emotional 10-year-old. They don't know that. But you got to connect the dots, where to come from, and then start to fix it, put it together, and then forgive the people from the past. If you don't forgive, you never turn off the fire of anger. It's always, it's always flaming. You got to forgive like Jesus forgave you of everything forever. So you got to do that. And then the, the next thing you want to do is don't store up your complaints. Clear the air quickly. Clear the air quickly. Otherwise, you're going to take that pillowcase of complaints and anger and hurt and bitterness and you did this and then at some moment, you're going to take that pillowcase and you're going to dump it all out on that person right there and you're going to make them pay. Well, you're going to make them pay for every past failure, every past thing you felt wronged. You're going to make them pay for your unhappiness, man. And once you start living like that, in that dysfunction, in that immaturity, boy, aren't we having fun now, huh? And they're sitting there wondering, where'd all this come from? Where'd all this come from? And the next one is, listen, do not. Do not use intimate knowledge of your mate to wound them. You know that person's soft spots. You know how to cut them deeply. You know what's going to hurt them deeply. Okay. <clears throat> My wife's a Dodger fan. During these playoffs, the Dodgers had, it's on TV every night. I'm an Angel fan. But she's got them on every night. And I, and I honestly, and I'm being honest, I really felt bad for Cody Bellinger this year because here he was, the MVP, had an awesome year a couple years ago, and he just struggled all year, just struggled. And every night I'm hoping, please, Cody, get a hit, get a hit, hit a home run. I'm not even a Dodger fan, but I felt for the guy. And I was talking to somebody about this uh, the other day, 
And they said, well, yeah, that's true that he's, and I said, you know, he's coming, the injuries he had, yeah, it'd be good, but the scattering reports are so good, which we know, that they know the weaknesses in that batter, and they're pitching toward the, the weakness of that batter, and, and that's true. Have you ever thought that you have the scouting report on your spouse or your friends and you're using the intimate knowledge, the weak spots to go after them? Don't do that. Just stop it. Did Jesus ever do that to you? Does he do that to you? No. No. Never, ever, ever use your friends or your who you're in a relationship with, or your spouse's weak spots, intimate knowledge of them to hurt them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because you're squirting that toothpaste out, you'll never be able to take it back. Let me show you great advice in an Old Testament, piece of an Old Testament story in Genesis 45. It's where uh, the brothers of Joseph have been reunited with him, and they're going back to tell Dad, you know, <clears throat> then Joseph's over here and everything's cool and stuff. But I'm going to read four verses from Genesis 45, verses 21 to 24. Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh and gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments, because that's his brother, his full-blood brother. To his father he sent as follows, ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and sustenance for his father on the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and as they departed, he said to them, Do not quarrel on the journey. Do not quarrel on the journey. Joseph revealed himself to his brothers at this moment. They thought he was dead. For 20 years, dad has thought his son Joseph is dead, but now he's the prime minister of Egypt. They're going back home, and they're taking this good news, this good news to their dad. Your son Joseph, our brother, is alive. It's good news. And Joseph says, brothers, don't quarrel on the journey. Don't quarrel on the journey. Followers of Christ, we're on a journey. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're just sojourning on this planet in this time frame. We're citizens of heaven. We're trying to make Christ known. And as we walk this journey in the presence of God, let's not waste our time giving Satan entry points causing us to bicker and fight and quarrel in our relationships and friendships with each other in church. Don't quarrel on the journey. Let's fight fair. Let's fight fair. Don't quarrel on the journey. Well, I'm going to stop right there, and we'll pick it up again next time. We'll have a good time next time. So, hey, God bless you guys. We'll see you later. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.